when we talk about spiritual health, we are really talking about your capacity for healthy meaning making. Meaning making is a every second of your life process. You wake up in the morning or you, you step out the door and you see uh, the world outside your, your door. You begin to interpret or build a story. What it comes down to is what is the sort of guiding kind of narrative that you use when you are thinking about life and its goodness. Welcome to the Mind Tech Podcast, where we dive deep into the unsolved problems in mental health with the people building technology to solve them, including founders, investors, and experts in technology for the mind. I'm Manu, your host, and today's guest is Danny Sanchez, who used to work at Facebook, but now dedicates his best efforts towards building the world's first spiritual health platform as the founder and CEO of The Path. Spirituality is often thought of as a mystical philosophy reserved for hippies and fortune tellers. The Path exists to change this and to make spiritual health relevant to us all, by helping people work through the deeper questions in life and discover their own beliefs and values. In this day and age, we find it harder and harder to understand our spiritual needs and nurture our spiritual health. When you learn what Danny and his team are up to, you may feel the same way I did, excited for an app that makes spirituality practical in the modern world. What makes it even more interesting is the technology behind it. The path measures the impact that our spiritual health has on our lives. To learn how spirituality can be made so clear through data, let's get into it. Hey, Danny, it's great to have you with us today. How are you? Hey, Manu. Great to, great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So I've very much enjoyed learning all about the path and you building the world's first spiritual health platform. But in your own words, could you tell us? What is the path? Yeah, so the path is a platform for beliefs and values. Um, We are building a centralized place where people can come and explore uh, different ideas about uh, life's big questions, like about meaning, purpose, and how the universe works, and build answers to those questions for themselves using a combination of uh, insights from the world's traditions, as well as from some of the latest in uh, in psychology. Wonderful. What led you to making something like this? What's what's driving you, and what's uh, what was the inspiration that's uh, brought you here? Yeah, I um, thank you for asking. I've always been in the technology industry in my career, so. Um, in my last role before I started building this, I was the VP of growth marketing at a direct-to-consumer uh, company called Nutrafol. Before that, I worked at Meta. Uh, so, you know, I've really seen how technology is so powerful in our lives. And over that time, I've really been eager to build something that could use all of that power to have a positive impact on people's lives. So it was really a matter of, okay, well, what is that thing? And so throughout my, uh, my, my twenties, you know, I was having this like really great career and, and I, um, 
was learning all these great things about how to build and how to lead. Uh, and things were really good in my career, but it, in my personal life, you know, I, I was struggling as, um, as are many people. I struggled with an anxiety disorder. I struggled with depression, um, things that were related to, to my sexual identity and to coming out. So, you know, I went to therapy, I learned, um, really important skills, rational thought processing, mindfulness, self-acceptance. Um, and also, uh, I sought the support of a church community. Um, and that was a community who sort of taught me how to reconnect with some old, uh, beliefs, uh, and some, and think about, uh, beliefs in new ways. And the same thing with values, right? Recollect, reconnecting with some values that were really important to me as a kid, but then also, um, building a sort of a, a new way that was more consistent with who I was and what was, um, uh, what I thought was, was right and good for, for the world. So all of that is happening, right? I'm like having these, you know, life-changing experiences. I'm in my career, uh, and I'm just thinking, what am I going to do? So I did the completely normal thing that anyone does. And I went to pursue a master of divinity degree, um, at the university of Chicago. So, um, I'll explain a little bit about that. Uh, master of divinity, it's a, uh, it's a pre-professional program for religious ministry, uh, in any, in any religion or tradition. So we study things like philosophy, psychology, history of religions, uh, but we also study like the arts of religious leadership and practice. So that's things like community leadership, um, ritual performance, spiritual counseling. So I was really eager and so eager that I went into grad school for it to really combine all of these things, right? The, the things that had been transformational in my life, the um, skills that I had learned in my career, and um, to really build something that is is new and different and solving um uh, something that I know was important for me, but that I know a lot of people are struggling with in, in their own lives. Um, and so, uh, I really, um, through that time in grad school, um, was always kind of thinking, okay, what is the, uh, what is the way that technology can, um, proliferate these, uh, these ideas that are, um, so life-giving and have such a rich, uh, history and how can we do that in a way that is just more consistent with the way people think about things today, that's more consistent with people's lifestyles today, um, and that uh, is uh, is scalable so that we can use some of these tools to build something that um, can really help people um, in their in their mental and spiritual well-being. Wonderful. It makes total sense connecting the dots, looking backwards, how you paired up your um, experience and skills in technology to serving a need that you felt yourself um you know that you benefit from your spiritual health and in healthcare you know there's a lot of um awareness there's a lot of activity in physical health and growing activity in mental health and spiritual health is still the most vague aspect but it has huge potential right it's you know one of the things we always hear in mental health in particular is connection is so important to recovery and to feeling a strong sense of you know self-worth and of course we can have that in our social relationships but being able to develop connection through spirituality whether that be to 
one god or another or whether that be through connecting with nature in a very meditative state everyone has their own way of doing it but we don't quite have the guidance on how to develop that practice and develop spiritual health uh, for ourselves so it's wonderful to hear that the path is able to take on that responsibility and fill that gap in spiritual health specifically within spiritual health what what do you think are the problems that you're trying to address where are the unmet needs and and how are you kind of filling in and addressing those needs yeah so um you're absolutely right that it is sort of a, an undefined area and that's that's really one of the things that we're trying to do is bring uh some structure to it to help people uh discern between the kinds of beliefs and values that are helpful for um uh living a good life and the kinds of things that are hurtful and um we are building this really in the context of some much larger uh trends that are happening in mental health like you mentioned uh you know in the US and and lots of countries around the world we are really in the middle of a number of interrelated mental health epidemics right we have um anxiety and depression rates that are really high especially among younger people suicidality um is is also on the rise um so is drug addiction and you know if you take a step back and kind of think about what's behind all this you kind of come to this well you know oh i i actually understand why um a lot of we, a lot of us are having um uh some of these experiences we are in this global context that is just changing so rapidly and so dramatically so there's right there's um technology technological changes at breakneck speeds like we've never seen uh there's uh changes in culture and society long standing public and private institutions are starting to be questioned um and with religion of course where is a really big one where we're seeing a lot of changes people are um disaffiliating from organized religion at extremely rapid rates in the US and Europe and and in other places around the world too. So um all of this together right the mental health issues the changing uh or the challenges in culture and society we view these as, as symptoms of a sort of more general type of crisis and we think about it as a crisis of meaning. So mm. what we're trying to do then is to equip people with tools from a wide diversity of sources psychology philosophy the world religions tools that will help them create meaning in their lives and not just any meaning but positive and healthy meaning and um that is something that um a lot of uh religions can do um or a lot of different uh sort of world views can do but they can also create sometimes uh hurtful meaning or meaning that is counterproductive to living a good life. So a lot of what we're doing is um finding frameworks that are uh that will enable people to build healthy and positive meaning and to do so on their own terms. Whether that's through the lens of uh religion that they currently practice or maybe a worldview that they were raised in 
or really by starting from scratch and saying, you know what, I'm going to um, exercise my human agency here and I'm going to build my own beliefs and values without a lot of the baggage or the strings that tends to come with, uh, with organized religious practice. That is so important in resolving or, or in giving people the tools to um, address the crisis of meaning, to confront the changes that we're experiencing in our lives and in society at large. And to uh, they are also protective mechanisms to support people with, um, their, with mental illnesses such as anxiety or, or depression. Absolutely. When we learn how to cope, um, we have to first process the emotions, then figure out how to overcome the problem. And then we have to find meaning in it to make us feel like, actually, I'm glad that happened because X, Y, Z. And that meaning making process is so crucial to help us feel like, you know, it, it all happened for a reason. It's it's positive and we're in control. We can we can make it a good thing. Um, so that's in response to, you know, um, experiencing difficulty or suffering, the importance of meaning making. But as you said, there's also a huge role to play in protecting people from suffering by being able to develop those strong uh, sets of beliefs and values that give them a sense of meaning on a day-to-day -day basis. So when a storm does come, they have some protection around them to to feel some sense of resilience and, and they're able to make some meaning out of, of what comes to them. So in many ways this uh serves our serves the needs of our of our mind and spirituality. Um I think in particular the the service of connecting people with a higher power I've seen has been incredibly useful in people suffering from addictions because um, there's been a lot of discussion around how people who suffer from addictions are doing so because they feel disconnected from ordinary life and uh, they don't derive very much fulfillment from ordinary things. And so they tend to find that fulfillment and, and relief in addictive uh, substances. And one of the greatest antidotes to that is not just connection, but a connection with a higher power. And there's a reason why AA meetings, for example, um, they're very much led by the church. And um, these, you know, it really gives people a sense of, even if I, you know, I'd, I struggle to rely on anyone around me. I can rely on my own sets of beliefs and values of what life means to me and perhaps a higher power as well. So um, definitely some aspects of recovery that are very crucial that aren't being very well guided right now. I see the path as being able to um, deliver on, which is absolutely wonderful. Who in your eyes do you see as the real target audience for something like this? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll just respond to your, um, to your comment about mm -hmm. uh, a higher power because, you know, these, um, one of the, one of the challenges that we're, that we're uh, working through is that meaning making is a ongoing and um, every, 
sort of every second of your life process, right? So um, you uh, wake up in the morning or you, you step out the door and you see uh, the world outside your, your door and um, you uh, immediately kind of begin to interpret or build a story. Um, and that story can be something like, like, um, wow, you know, this, um, this city that I live in is, is so cool. Um, uh, I am amazed at the things that humanity can do at the technology we've built. Um, look at the, the beauty around me. Um, life is this sort of, um, amazing and kind of fantastic, uh, place to be, or you can have a different story. You can have a story that's, wow, um, great, another great day. Look at, you know, how dirty my city is. Look at all the problems that we have um, systemically in in, uh, in society or in, in the world. And that this is not to say that um, there isn't a truth to both of those perspectives, but what it comes down to is what is the sort of um, uh, the guiding kind of narrative that you um, use when you are thinking about um, life and its goodness. Um, it's important to, uh, I, I think it's a real skill actually to be able to sort of observe the reality of things and to see that we um, live in, in some broken conditions, but then also to be able to say, you know, um, I choose to believe in a better future. I choose to believe mm -hmm. that there is um, goodness unfolding. I choose to I explore the kind of the magic or the wonder that that is around me. And a lot of that's a lot of really what we're trying to do. If, if I could, you know, take uh, your listeners away with one word, it's really choice is so powerful when it comes to belief and values. Um, and today in the in context of uh, globalization, in the context of exposure to all these different ideas that we have from the different world religions, from philosophy, from history, we have so many choices for what are those kind of like the central framing uh, beliefs and ideas and values that we that organize or that govern the way we think about life, life around us, and the world in general. Um, and so, so you know, to to some extent, you know, we we all um, uh, we all do meaning making, right? This is a, mm -hmm. this is a, a kind of a fundamentally human process. Um, at the same time, you know, we we are focused on uh, a specific audience, and that's. Um, that's that's for a reason. So, um, in the last few years, uh, or let's say in the last like couple of decades, in um, in the U.S. especially, but then but also in other parts of the world, there has been this uh, growing uh, kind of identity group of people who identify as spiritual but not religious. So, um, right now, uh, the last uh, the last study I saw said that actually one in three Americans today self-identifies as spiritual but not religious. And and what that means, it, it means a lot of uh, different things to different people, but it's people who explore um, uh, meaning making, who explore uh, spiritual seeking or, or um, transcendental uh, exploration uh, 
outside of or in a kind of a hybrid approach with the um, the structures that established religions have to offer. So um, it's a really fast growing population, actually. Um, and uh, we uh, expect actually that by that um, in the next 50 years, the uh, non-religious population in the United States will be higher than the religious population. So we're really building for a future where the nature of religious and spiritual practice, religious and spiritual identity is really fundamentally different from how we've seen it in, uh, in, in the past couple of decades. So, um, you know, the, uh, uh, let's see, there is, on the other hand, a long-term trajectory that we're trying to build for. Yes, um, the one in three Americans who are spiritual but not religious, who don't have maybe a um, place to call home in terms of support for uh, building their beliefs and values in terms of uh, even community, uh, a way to connect with other people who are seeking or asking some of the same questions. Um, that That's where our focus is because they are such an underserved population from the perspective of um, morals, beliefs, and, and values. But really, in the long term, we would hope to support um, anyone who feels like they need uh, the uh, they need the support not just of a religious or spiritual teacher, but also something that is rooted in evidence and data. Um, mm. You know, the Pew Center Pew Center is a really important think tank here in, in the U.S. Um, they just reported that uh, last year, 80% of Americans identify as spiritual or, or religious. So um, that's eight, eight in 10 people, right? So I, I think about this in these terms a lot. I'm walking down the street and eight of the whatever 10 people are seeking in some way answers to big questions, seeking tools for how to cope with the kinds of existential pain that you know, we all feel. Um, it's not, spirituality is, is often treated as this sort of uh, fringe thing or as sort of a that it's woo and it can be you know I'll, I'll be honest it definitely can um, but it's also just sort of a, a fundamental human seeking that um, that we all have um, and so for for anyone who finds themselves in this place of you know I'm really trying to establish for myself some core principles that can help me move through life in uh, on my own terms that's the person that we're trying to support. Brilliant. It's very refreshing to hear someone who has a set of religious beliefs, Christianity. Um, it's very refreshing to hear you not think that's like the only way, if you know what I mean, because it's it can be quite um, easy to do that when you have your own set of um, beliefs and values. But for you to appreciate that, everyone has their own personal set of beliefs and values, whether that be from a certain religion or whether that be from a uh, uh, you know, set of values that are separate to religion. Um, and being able to include everyone in that, not just people who fit your beliefs and values. Um, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing, um, especially because you've found so much uh, benefit from the beliefs and values of Christianity, yet I think what you've come to the conclusion of is that it's the main thing is just having 
a set of beliefs and values and how those beliefs affect our day-to-day life, the story we tell ourselves and how that affects the, the quality of our life, really. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll add to that or, or respond mm. to that because uh, it, this is sort of a, I'm going to let you in on a, like an industry secret, let's call it of the, mm. um, uh, among, um, clergy ordained people, religious leaders. So many of us seek spiritual guidance from people outside of the tradition that we practice. So to give you an example, my, uh, the director of my, of my program, um, in divinity school, she, uh, was a, a Christian pastor for, um, uh, a majority of her career before she went into, into teaching. And, uh, as a, as a pastor, you don't go to church, you put on church, right? <laughs> you, you, it's your job, right? Every Sunday you, you come and you, um, you, you lead people through rituals, you um, help people make sense of things through preaching and things like that. Um, so, but she was like, okay, well, I need, I need that. I need someone to give me that too. Um, uh, because I am also human. I, uh, you know, we're, we're not, uh, we don't have sort of like a magical knowledge of, um, the, uh, the, the answers to life's big questions any more than, than you do. And so she would go and see, um, uh, spiritual direction from an Eastern Orthodox, uh, teacher, which is a more like a, um, a, a different, a quite, a, quite different, um, subset of, of Christianity. Um, there are plenty of, uh, priests who work with rabbis as their spiritual directors. Spiritual direction is kind of this idea of you, um, work with someone in a one-on-one capacity and you explore these things on your own. Um, and, uh, uh, it's really, it's really a, um, a gift and, um, a, a beneficial in, in your growth as, um, as a human being to be able to learn from someone who has a different perspective from your own. Um, so, you know, it, uh, you said, you know, it's, it's surprising that, um, your, uh, facilitating that I'm facilitating, you know, a lot of different perspectives, even while I hold my own. And, um, I, I mean, I really believe that, uh, at the most, the most fundamental kind of, um, expression of human agency is the way we tell stories about what happens to us and about, um, the way the world around us works. And, um, it is, it's not for me to tell people what to believe really i don't believe it's for anyone to tell people um what to believe it's for all of us to do that exploration on our own and to come to those answers um ourselves and it just so happens that i was raised in uh christianity and and um those were really influential and formative ideas that became um embedded in my life in um, ways that I think I'm aware of, but in also probably in lots of ways that are that um, are so deep that I, you know, have not quite uh, come to that awareness yet. Um, but other people don't. Other people have different experiences, and for them, um, they they will need a different set of beliefs, practices, um, rituals, and so I want um, to support them in their own, uh, you know, their own path, their own walk up the mountain. 
Um, and I am eager to see you all at the top of the mountain mm. whenever that whenever that happens. Absolutely. And I guess what you're saying is we are lacking a clear path, right, to finding our own route up that mountain and um, we're lacking the tools to figure it out on our own. So what what do what will the path be able to offer by way of tools for people to discover their own sense of spirituality? Yeah, and and so this is um really the uh what I think is um most sort of unique or um different about how we are are building but I really think it's the it's the unmet need of the time, and um, the the catchphrase for it is that it this is unbundled spiritual teaching. So, um, and what what we mean by that is that unbundling is clearly a, it's a reference to um, to broadcast and and the streaming industry, right? So, you know, we think back to. Um, a decade or two ago during the early days of, of um, streaming. And even before that, um, all of our TV media would come to us in bundles. And so we would have to buy um, these packages of TV channels and you probably only watched like three or four of them, but the cable company made you buy, you know, 120 channels and it was all things mm. that you didn't want. Um, but of course they make more money that way. Um, and so uh, there are, to be completely honest, there are some similarities to um, the way that organized religion um, presents itself outwardly. There um, uh, comes a, a specific set of doctrines, right? So when you, um, are inducted into a religion um, or a religious community. Uh, they, there's sort of a, a, a list of, um, hey, here's here's our beliefs, here's um, here's our values, here's our priorities. There's um, a specific community of people, right, that you are now um, that you now belong to. There's a specific set of rituals for um, how you express the um, the beliefs and the values that are. Um, that are, uh, that hold you all together. Uh, so there's a lot of commitments really that comes with it. And I think, um, you know, th this is not to say that those are uh, bad or, or that those are not effective um, because, you know, I, I've had great experience with, with it. I've also had some, you know, not so great experiences with it. Uh, but really what's, what's different today is that we have all been exposed to all these different ideas from all around the world. And even in, um, in larger cities, especially uh, where we are, um, you know, sometimes neighbors with people who were raised in totally different ways, who um, were raised in a different religion. Um, well, now we know, now we know that that exists. Now we know that that's out there. And um, I think I want to learn about that. I want to learn why should I limit myself, right? Why should I limit myself to, for example, only learning the teachings of Jesus Christ when, you know, actually Gautama Buddha had some fantastic teachings that um, mm. resonate with me in ways that the, the teachings of Jesus Christ don't. And, um, you know, if, if spirituality or if um, the sort of religious teachers are not your bag, then, you know, there's, there's 
existential philosophers. There's you know, Friedrich Nietzsche. There's um, the Enlightenment. There's there's all these really amazing sources of uh, meaning or beliefs or ideas, and they all can help us make sense of life. As you know, you were saying before um, that that we need to be able to um, make sense of the things that that happen to us, um, and so what uh what we're doing is offering the uh um uh, the teachings of different religions unbundled from themselves offering the practices unbundled so if somebody wants to build a um uh their own their own journey that includes teachings that are primarily from um uh secular humanists but they also want to practice uh, uh, prayer, um, and they also want to um, read uh, scriptures from more sort of like Eastern traditions, you know, to use air quotes, um, then we, uh, we facilitate that. We, we um, sort of take a lot of, we take those inputs, the user kind of selects them, and this is in a more nitty gritty way, and we um, produce a program that incorporates a lot of these different elements um, based on the kinds of things that they're they're trying to work on at the time. Hmm. So it's a mixture of ancient and modern spiritual exercises from philosophers, religious people, um, various sources, and bringing those tools um, from all of these different types of traditions and wisdoms onto one platform and tailoring it according to an assessment or a sort of um understanding of the user um uh, so that they can then learn how to cope and thrive and, and make sense um of the world around them okay so that i think that's the kind of thing that um it sounds fantastic and it and i i can't wait to to try it out and see what it's like because being able to have the wealth of the world's traditions and wisdom in your pocket and re made relevant to you when you need it most um, that would be absolutely wonderful. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see how that actually looks. Um, even just from a philosophical perspective, um, I can really see how, yeah, you, you really don't have to identify as religious at all to benefit from, from the wisdom, uh, that comes through these, these spiritual teachings. It, it kind of broadens my idea of what spiritual health really means because when we think of health of course we think of illness and i wonder what, what what do you and your team at the path think of spiritual health how do you define it and how does that guide the way you approach addressing it yeah so when we talk about spiritual health um we are really talking about your capacity for healthy meaning making so, you know, if you, you, you mentioned that um, in healthcare, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, attention to obviously your physical health. And now that we're kind of expanding into mental health. And I really think that um, the thinking about spiritual health as like a, a muscle or kind of comparing it mm. in, the, in those terms is a really um, helpful way to think about it. So, um, it's think of of spirituality or or if you if you don't like that word which i know a lot of people kind of are are put off by it maybe we can think about it more as like um your existential health your existential well-being think of it as um the muscle 
that uh, flexes your meaning-making capacity. So this this muscle, right, is the one that is is kind of constantly um, connecting the dots between things that are happening in your life. It's the um, muscle that um, explains to you why things happen. It's the muscle that um, helps you uh, turn an adversity into a um, into a gift, uh, right? And so um, all of that requires uh, skill. It requires a capacity, and you just you have to exercise it regularly uh, mm-hmm. in order for for it to function properly. Um, you have to feed it healthy ideas, right? Like you have to feed your body healthy food. You also have to feed your mind um, healthy ideas and you have to um, right, feed your, let's call it your soul or, you know, however you want to conceptualize it. Um, you want to uh, feed that with the kinds of things that um, help you stay oriented towards goodness, towards um, the uh, the inherent goodness of life, the inherent goodness of the world around you. Because if you start to think that everything is breaking apart, if you start to think that everything is um, evil or everything is um, uh, out to get you, then life becomes dark and gray. And you know why believe that when there are so many great alternatives to ways that ways to um, tell the story of your life? So, you know, spiritual health, it's really, it's how well do your beliefs and your values support healthy meaning making in areas like your sense of self um how well does it orient you to into pro-sociality pro-social behaviors and attitudes um how well does it um uh fuel your um will to live um your will to keep on going even though the reality of suffering is very much true in in our lives and in the world all around us. Um, so we we uh, think about spiritual health in uh, is as your meaning making in the four domains of um, of sense making. So that is sort of consent. You can think of it as concentric circles. At the uh, at the nearest, it's your sense of self. It's um, uh, who who am I? Um, what are the many sides of me? Um, what do I love about myself? Um, what is um, uh, what is inherent within me versus what is things that I built or was nurtured into? Then you step out a little bit, and it's um, your the health of your connection to others. Uh, so, um, are you in um, relationships that uh, that are life giving? Are you in, do you um, have, uh, in, let's say, an identity group that you commiserate with? Do you have community in a larger sense of not just the people that you talk to, but community in the sense of, oh, these are my people? Do you have maybe a sense of um, connection with humanity, right? As a, um, do you have a love for the, the other beings uh, on this planet who happen to share um, some really similar physical features? Then we go into the third level. So third level is connection um, with nature. Uh, So do you um, have a healthy connection with with the planet? Do you um, have a sense of, uh, do you value um, the, do you value the environment? Do you value um, its resources? Do you experience nature as as magical or as, as a gift? 
Um, or do you have maybe a less healthy relationship with nature where it's more of an extractive relationship? Maybe are you, um, uh, do you find yourself not loving the environment, the lived environment that is around you? Um, uh, and expand that to, to really the planet, right? Do you have a healthy story about the future of our planet, which can be really hard right to have in light of climate change in light of um in light of war um so that's a that's an important area of connection to cultivate as well and then the last one is sort of a transcendent connection do you have uh um a healthy relationship with um the mystery that is out there do you have a healthy connection um with if if not god or a higher power with some kind of sense of you know i am uh a part of this big thing and i can't describe it but i feel let's say maybe at peace with whatever is out there I feel at peace with the mystery that is um the cosmos um, mm. so all of these right so all of these are levels of connection and all of these are levels of meaning making that uh, that kind of um come into our lives at different ways and different times um and so how um so having a, a healthy outlook would be um, having a connection with these things in a way that um, helps you tell stories about you, about your life, about the life of the planet and in the world um, in a way that makes you want to live more, makes you want to keep going, makes you excited about what ha might happen tomorrow, um, even and, and uh, even through the suffering, even through the hard things. Wonderful. That sounds very relevant to any human being, not just those who felt they were inclined to um, religion or, or traditional sense of spirituality. So I think not only will you be giving tools to people who are already looking for something like this, but you'll also be moving the needle in people's minds of how they should be thinking about things like this, finding the meaning, um, you know, about themselves, with others, with the world, and then with the, the mystery of the cosmos around them um, and making that also centered around them, not making them feel like they're having any ideology um, thrown upon them and, and, and uh, you know, shoved on them, but giving them the, the space to develop those own beliefs for themselves. Um, that, that sounds very open-minded for sure. Um, and you know, these, these beliefs, the way they affect our lives, um, they must produce outcomes that we are then able to have as tangibles rather than just the, um, just the kind of idea of things. So what are the kind of outcomes of spirituality that the path is going to be keeping a track of and, and keeping uh, you know, helping people monitor progress in. Yeah. So this is like the most kind of, um, I keep, yeah, I keep saying this is the most exciting part, but they really are. They really <laughs> are all exciting parts. Um, you know, to go back to this spiritual muscle idea. So if you're, if you are building that muscle well, right, then, um, then there are going to be some, like in some indicators of that, you know, you're going to have, a zest for life. You're going to have a strong love for, for yourself, even through your flaws. 
you're going to be motivated to care about others, to care about the planet. Um, you're going to um, believe in your inner resources, your capacity to weather the storm. You're going to trust that God is taking care of you, um, even uh, even through um, the the challenges. On the other hand, if maybe your uh, spiritual muscle is a little bit weaker or underdeveloped, you might find yourself uh, thinking sort of nihilistically, feeling that life is kind of meaningless or pointless or dull, gray. Um, you know, the, I think talking or going back to like climate change or, or war, those are some really salient ones for really everyone right now because they're just in the news uh, so often. And um, what what I am what I'm not saying is oh you should just ignore them. And I'm not saying oh like um, if you just think about it differently, then those things will go away. Um, definitely not. But this is really about um, what is the kind of the the story that you use that you come back to um, to help you say you know what um, even though um, uh, human 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 caused climate change is um is a fact and even though um we have had a harmful effect on our planets you know i still believe in the human spirit or i still believe mm. in mother nature's capacity to recover or i still believe that god is moving and is going to heal our, our planet you know these right so all of those are potentially different coping meaning systems um that you can use to um say you know what Life is worth continuing to live and continuing to enjoy, um, even through some of these um, some of these crises that are going on. So those are like the um, the outcomes that we uh, think of in terms of um, uh, like indicators, right? We're and uh, these are the outcomes that if you have a healthy sense of spirituality, then you probably. Um, can do some of this, um, do some of that meaning making um, yourself. Uh, but then there's also sort of more um, direct measurement. And this is um, the, uh, the thing that is super um, interesting and in, in where the technology piece of this really is uh, so crucial. Because uh, Really, the spiritual health is not an idea that we invented. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> spiritual health is actually a really uh, 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 lively um, discourse, and it's a entire sort of robust um, academic literature. So, um, what's cool about this also is that it's really interdisciplinary. So, there's a lot of people who are studying spiritual health from different angles. Um, you'll see it mentioned in medical journals, psychology, philosophy. So a lot of people are really thinking about this. And we're, we really are trying to um, synthesize what the professionals are saying and researching and measuring and apply it to the, to the technology that we're building. So um, you know, to talk about what exists in terms of like how um, spiritual health is, is measured or, or observed, uh, today, you know, really the, the the most important place where this is happening is in hospitals. Um, so you probably you because you work in healthcare, you probably know what a chaplain is. Um, but for um, uh, those who might not know, so a chaplain is a minister um, or a, a spiritual counselor, and they they work in an institution, um, mostly hospitals, but also things like universities, um, 
prisons and, and other sort of uh, institutions like that. And um, chaplains do this line of work called spirit uh, for people who are um, in the in the hospital or in the institution. So chaplains will might come around and they might say, "Hi, I'm um, I'm the chaplain. You know, would, um, is there anything that's on your mind that you'd like to talk about?" And they will help you work through whatever it is um, without any uh, preconceived biases or without bringing in their own belief system. So a chaplain will offer spiritual care to someone regardless of um, whatever um, beliefs they have or, or don't have. Um, actually, one of our co-founders, Sean, um, he's a chaplain uh, at one of the hospitals here in, in Chicago. So I bring this up, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I bring this up because um, chaplaincy is really modeled after uh, the, the Western healthcare model. So a lot of the things that, you know, even to go back to the, the, the muscle metaphor, a lot of the, um, uh, the things that a, a doctor or a medical department does in a hospital, there is like a chaplain or spiritual equivalent of. Um, so for example, triage, exactly in the same way that there is medical triage, there is also spiritual triage where um, chaplains will determine the extent of a patient's um, existential or spiritual pain, um, and will you know they will prioritize different patients according to the, to the needs. So um, you know, triage, spiritual health assessment is uh, uh, are practices that are already happening because mm -hmm. in in hospitals, um, the hospital wants to know um, is chaplaincy effective for the patient? Is it um, uh, having a positive impact on their experience is the um, uh, is the patient does the patient feel like they are treated like a human being, which you know can um, can be tricky actually a lot of times in um, especially like a really big hospital where you're just sort of like one of the people coming through um, of the many hundreds of people that they might be serving on any given day. So spiritual spiritual health measurement is one of the things that is being developed right now in order to um, to make some of those decisions. And, uh, and so uh, we use specifically to, to get into the nuts and bolts of it in our platform or in our, in our um, prototype, we used a model called uh, spirit, uh, Shalom, which stands for Spiritual Health and Life Outlook Model. And it's really a sort of a psychological subjective well-being model. Um, you ask someone questions like, um, what is important to you in spirituality? Is God important to you? Or is, um, is inner peace more important to you? And then uh, sort of we come, come back to that person and say, okay, well, if a connection to, um, to a higher power is sort of the most important thing for you, how, how are you doing in that aspect of your life? Do you feel close to God? Do you feel um, like um, God is, is watching over you, protecting you? And then from there, well, that, that person says, oh, you know, actually, like, why? Um, and, and this is this is some of the hardest things that uh, someone might deal with. But the person might say, you know, why is why is God punishing me? Or why would God let this happen to me? Right. And so that's some of the, the lowest um, lows that someone can find themselves in if that is an important part of their uh, of their belief system. And so. Uh, through the assessment process, through that conversation with the chaplain, um, and through even some some quantifying of some of these things, um, we can 
we can uh, understand how how well is this person connected to God right now? How um, effective is this person's uh, sense of connection to other human beings right now? Or how effective is their um, uh, love of the environment? Right. So again, in those in the four domains, um, mm. we can we have measurement across all of them, and that is a way to. Uh, that's more of like your your tracking, right? It's like, well, some mm. days, you know, you're like, oh man, life is so great. Like, I I this was such a blessing to me, and like, I really feel like, um, you know, I uh, have um, the the wind in my in my sails, and so you your your sense of connection is probably higher, right? But then when you've got some some harder days or some um, things that don't make sense happen to you, you can you might be like, oh, you know, like I um, it's it's really hard for me right now to um, trust that you know that mother earth can take care of herself when i just read this piece of you know this hard thing in the news um and so that is more of like the direct measurement as compared to like the indicators so um that's kind of what we're doing it's sort of like a my fitness pal um or like a other kind of exercise tracker right where you can kind of measure your progress as you go not to say that you always have to be at 100 right in fact that's impossible um, but it's an important um, exercise to be able to check in and say, hey, how am I right now in some of the most important um, uh, fundamentals of how I think about uh, life? And, um, you know, maybe if, if you are if you are struggling, then it's like, OK, that's all right. You know, that's that's actually what this is all for. Um, what are maybe some tools that we can use right now to. Um, move through the motions of grief or through uh, or to process um, some difficult news or whatever it might be so that we can help you um, get to ultimately a place where you have um, some kind of positive meaning making um, about whatever is going on in your life right now. Absolutely. Well, it's brilliant to hear the tech side of spirituality. I don't think Many times in human history have those two words gone in the same sentence, but here with the path, really bringing those two things together, as you mentioned at the beginning, harnessing the power of technology to give insight into one's spiritual health, help them foster that. And with all those data analytics, you're able to then tailor what you provide them and give them that greater understanding over time, um, which is, is just wonderful. I wonder, of course, fitting into the hospital or, you know, whichever system has a chaplain, that makes sense right now. Um, what other ideas do you have regarding the business model? Is this something that uh, you'd like to make available to everyone everywhere? Or it, are there other ways that you're hoping to get this in the hands of people whilst also being able to sustain, sustain your business? Yeah, so that is actually a um, one of the things that we're focused on building right now. So our prototype was really about the um, uh, the building blocks of the spiritual component. Is what we're saying? Does it make sense to people? Um, what uh, is the content accessible? Um, does the assessment um, kind of work? Does it truly reflect your how you think about things? And as we move into um, V2, so um, a little bit of context, our, our prototype, we tested it in the fall. Um, and we have, uh, for now, um, uh, put it on pause while we build our sort of a more uh, formal product. And 
yeah, of course, one of the one of the things that we need to do this time is think about, okay, well, what is the worth of this? What is the, the value of this um, to people? Um, and money is one expression of worth, right? But it's not, it's not the only expression of worth. So we're always trying to keep that, um, that perspective, uh, because we uh, don't want this to be a, um, that we are, you know, capitalizing on um, religious wisdom, we don't want this to be a, oh, we are um, taking away money from churches, uh, kind of, uh, uh, of, of product. We want this to be something that enhances people's lives um, in uh, in support of whatever they're doing um, in uh, today to uh, uh, to stay mentally and spiritually healthy, whether that's going to psychotherapy, whether that's going to uh, a religious community or some other kind of um, of, of practice. So, you know, at its most basic, right, our, um, we're we are exploring, at least as our first attempt, more of a freemium model. So we have mm. um, some uh, content on the platform that will be kind of open and accessible to anyone who wants to use it. And it's, it really is about those building blocks of, um, you know, how uh, about the nature of belief, about how belief affects the way you live your life, and about what are some of the things that you want to be thinking about when it, it comes to building your, your beliefs and values. Where the paid um, uh, option comes in is in adding uh, some some more expanded content. So um, being able to go deeper into um, different kinds of um, of insights, being able to cultivate um, your, or rather, sorry, be, being able to um, build your own journeys. So this, we, we call them journeys that include practices and and learnings. Um, and the sort of, kind of the most uh, important thing that we are trying to build into the the paid option is um, spiritual companionship. So mm. um, you know, I mentioned chaplains uh, who do the work of um, uh, spiritual care in an institution. You know, we really almost we, we think about this as like, what if we what if everyone in the world had a chaplain in their pockets, right? Someone who they could um, talk to when they are um, going through some um, existential um, or spiritual pain um, in their lives, which which we all do. Uh, and and so we are also thinking about okay, what is the what is the business model that can include um, connection with a uh, with another human being, right? I, I think that's a really important part of this. Um, someone else who is both a seeker and also maybe has a, can also guide you a bit. Um, uh, what is the nature of that um, of that relationship? So is it like text based? You know, is it are you just kind of chatting over time regularly, or do you have maybe more like one on one counseling sessions? Um, is there uh, uh, is this a one on one modality or group modality? We really do think that um, uh, getting people um into some um conversations with an experienced uh chaplain or, or spiritual care provider is important for really moving into uh sort of deeper and, and richer ways of um of looking at life and 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 living your life um and uh uh this is not a um it's not a stretch right because a lot of people who already 
uh, a lot of people actually already do have this. Um, you call your parents, you call, you go on social media and you look at the, you know, influencers who, um, who provide motivating content. You listen to your rabbi um, give a sermon. Um, this is already something that is a behavior that people have. We, we just wanted to make it um, more accessible, more directed, more personalized. Um, and from someone who thinks about um, or, or who is uh, not trying to force any kind of worldview onto you, but is really going to be working with you in whatever your worldview is. Brilliant. It's like it makes me think of, you know, we have a personal trainer in the gym for your physical health. You can have a therapist who would be like a personal trainer for your mind. And the way you're describing a chapter is almost like a personal trainer for your spiritual health. And to be able to put that on a platform uh, to give people access to that kind of personal training for their own spiritual health, that would definitely be a wonderful thing that doesn't exist at the moment. So um, I love that vision. And uh, I think for whoever is listening as well, Danny, is there any way that people can engage, get involved, stay up to date with all the progress uh, that the path is making? Yeah, we would um, love to um, stay in touch with people who are interested in this. Um, the first thing I would say is to sign up for our um, email updates on our website. That's uh, walkthepath.app. Um, and uh, we will let you all know about things like the um, next evolution of the product, as well as um, any other updates, like obviously this, uh, uh, me being on this podcast, for example. Uh, also follow us on uh, on Instagram at Path Spiritual Health. Um, we are going to be posting a lot of content around um, some of these ideas. We really are excited about just um, having conversations with people and platforms like Instagram also TikTok, um, and, and really getting out there and, and letting people know that this is a possibility that, um, you know, beliefs and values are not a weird thing, but in fact, something that we all have and that you have ultimate agency and choice when it comes to the stories that, that shape your lives. Um, so in, uh, social media will be more the place where we, um, will be sharing about some of this stuff and also bringing in obviously a lot of the insights from psychology and from the world religions that that has um, been so crucial to the platform so far and then if anyone also wants to um, uh, find me on linkedin uh, if you are interested in supporting us in building this if you are um, uh, whether that be uh, someone who works in spiritual care, someone who works in technology, um, someone who works in um, uh, in private equity or any other kind of um, investments. You know, we would I would love to stay in touch with you. I'd love to connect with you and um, talk a little bit more about how we might be able to partner in the future. Excellent. I will link all of those things in the description to this episode. But um Danny, it has been absolutely wonderful to uh, discuss your journey, all the wonderful work you and your team are doing at The Path. Everyone listening, remember spirituality is the muscle that helps you make meaning in this world. So it's very relevant to all of us. And I've loved gaining clarity on that today. So Danny, empowering people to define their own spiritual health and to grow along that path on their own terms 
that's that's what the path is doing and it's a uh, it's something that i personally can't wait to try out myself so it's been a pleasure thank you very much for having this wonderful discussion today thanks for having me this was awesome if you have an interesting take on anything we discussed feel free to share your two cents in the comments and if you're feeling kind then leave a review which would be hugely appreciated if you're interested in learning a little more about your mind and how you can get the most from your most powerful resource, you can check out The Mind Explored, an email newsletter I send each week with an insight into your mind and a tool to make it healthier. All you need is in the description. Thank you for your interest in the mind and how technology can meet its needs. Until next time, goodbye.